Hello, and welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins. I'm here with Rebecca Shepard today. Super excited to have this conversation. It's been kind of a power-packed week. If you didn't catch my interview with Amanda Vollmer yesterday, that was really powerful, definitely uh, blew me away. And I think we're in for some of that uh, high energy right now. Rebecca, how are you doing? Welcome to the stream. We, uh, you know, I'm good. I'm good. It's been a busy week. We, um, we, uh, we launched the incident report for Tudor for Treason on uh, Sunday night. And it, we have just been overwhelmed with messages and support. And it's pretty awesome, actually, just to see. And, and, and the thing is, like, the messages and the, the people coming in are people who are not typically from the movement. These are just regular folks who are not affiliated with any groups or uh, any mutual friends or any of that. They're just like, you know what? Enough, enough. So there you go. That's awesome. I want to go deep into that. It was, I, I didn't even want to put it in the, in the notes or not in a title or anything because I'm, I'm on the radar. I know Stand for These channel has been taken down and we're all kind of on the chopping block in yeah. at this moment. But yep. uh, yeah, so. <laughs> And I just want to let people know that I, uh, I, I do have a, um, a, a possibly dying cat beside me. It's not to make anyone feel bad. If you hear meow meowing in the background, I might even have to uh, just run and uh, put her somewhere. She keeps wanting to be in the bathtub and I don't, it's, uh, I'd rather have her right here beside me. But so forgive me if I have to leave you uh, to the stream for a minute or two to go and handle that. So. And welcome to everybody in the chat that's starting to show up. Hello, Shakti Veda. Scotty is here. We need more dogs, he says. And uh, yeah, you heard the cat. Yeah, yeah, poor thing. It's, uh, I think it's definitely her, her time. And um, so send prayers for easy passage, please. Mm -hmm. Like Rebecca and I were saying, it's uh, better when God makes those decisions and, and you don't have to step in and intervene. So any luck, it can go that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. So if you're not familiar with Rebecca for some reason, I'll just quickly introduce her. She is, uh, I, I call her a warrior champion woman in law at uh, over at Stand for the, that's .ca. Did I get that correct? Yeah, we have .com and .ca. Okay. Yeah. And uh, over the months, the actions that you guys have taken have always been brave, very forthcoming. Uh, MS says she has a major respect for her. Amen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yay, Rebecca. Tell her uh, Mike Stroh says hello. Hi. <laughs> and uh, hello, hello, Sean as well. So yeah, it's been great to watch you guys. Great to be part of the energy. You're always so positive and uh, never just complaining. They're honestly, you know, there's so I'm, now I'm going to complain about uh, how many people are spending their time and energy that way. And I really, you know, after this is my 220th interview in two and a half years, uh, some personal live streams in there as well searching for solutions. And I think it's one of the reasons that my channel has not been so much on the radar because we're not railing against the machine. We're not uh, yelling, being up in arms and uh, using all the wrong buzzwords <laughs> necessarily. If there are things you want to talk about that might be, you know, flagged by algorithms, then maybe go in code. I think you guys are good I, at that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're pretty good. <laughs> right on. Rebecca yeah. is a team with Jane Scarf, and uh, the two of them together are, are really doing beautiful things. I, I thoroughly enjoy your work. So thank you so much for coming. And is there anything else you want to share by way of introduction, or you want to dive into one of the topics? 
I, I also just want to throw in there that Dave Freedom is also doing a lot of great work behind the scenes. He's become our, our motion guy. So mm-hmm. he's, uh, I just, I had to give him a shout out because he's just, he's such a great guy. Um, and he's, and he's very smart and hardworking. And he's also running for a uh, trustee in um, the Gananoque area. So he's, He's a very, he's a very, very good guy. And I'm hoping to have him on the call Friday night so he can tell folks about what he's doing in the Gananoque area. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, maybe I'll have him on for an interview at some point as well, Mm -hmm. if he agrees. So, uh, and then Scotty's going to keep it wicked clean. Excellent. Good. (laughs) That's so good. All right. So where should we dive in? What would you like to talk about first? Uh, You know, winds are always great. Even if, um, you know, it's been a while. There's so much. And- I got a good win. Okay, excellent. I got a fantastic. Yes. Okay. So first of all, okay, let's start with the wins. Really? I'm just going to say this. Hashtag winning. Hashtag winning. Like it's, and I don't know about you, Beth, but I feel like the last, the last time I was in Ottawa, which is the weekend of the 17th. And everyone kept saying like, there's an energy shift. Something has happened. Things are going down. We've got Alberta going, uh-uh, we're not playing along anymore. We're not taking people's guns. Saskatchewan said, mm, you can't make us. We're not going to do that. That's your job. We're not doing it. So we've got two provinces going rogue. Now we have, um, we have the senators who, who I've settled along. They're not, they're not gone. They're still with us. Uh, David Wells came out saying that the, um, the uh, Emergencies Act was a complete overreach. Um, we have a big win, big win in the courts. Um, there's a, um, I'm trying to think of, oh yeah, a gentleman in Quebec who was arrested, I believe it was at the Rolling Thunder. He's been charged for a summary conviction and he's getting a jury. This is huge. So that's exciting. Do you want to unpack that, why it's so big to get a jury here in Canada? Well, I mean, you can get a jury for an indictable offense, but for summary, um, because guess what? The old charter interfered with that because the charter stated that it was a serious crime or over five years. So that kind of put a hamper on that. Um, And it's a big deal because you obviously want to be tried by your peers rather than a single individual who's appointed by the government. And especially when a lot of, I mean, obviously what we're dealing with in the courts is all um, bid related, the Rona related. Um, and the end, so it's going against the government itself. So it's difficult to, not that, not that we're not seeing successes. I mean, we just saw that uh, the Hildebrandt, Hillier, um, Derek Sloan, and some other individuals who were charged under the Reopy Ontario Act had their charges dropped because the, the the uh, prosecutor was like, well, there's no, there's, there's no real benefit in proceeding. So they had those dropped. And I will say that was a blessing because the JCCF was doing a charter challenge and they most likely would have lost. So uh, that was the prosecutor doing that. That wasn't the defense. So that is huge. And Amazing. again, yeah, you know, having a jury uh, of, of 12 random people um, who can hear your case is, is that's really what the court should be not a single individual who's appointed by government 
making decisions on government related matters. So this is pretty significant. Um, we Fantastic. Also, yeah. And we also know James Bowder. He has, he's been granted a jury as well. So that's another big win. And I think we all know that the travel mandates are being lifted as of Saturday. Right. So um, I think, I mean, you know, they're saying that uh, it's due to civil disobedience and we're like, actually it's civil education and civil empowerment. And I read that over a million Canadians, like close to 1.5 million Canadians, I'm trying to dig up the, the article because it may be lost in my tabs somewhere on the tab order. Um, refused to do the arrive can. And what we were seeing late in the game, um, I, I actually helped two folks get through without getting tickets by challenging their, their uh, challenging them being detained. You know, what, what law are you using to detain them? But also challenging the public health on their designation. Show your designation. And they can't do that. So, um, that we're, it's like we we found the magic bullets, you know? And so... Um, Could I ask a quick question? Yeah. Or do you want to finish your thought? I was just curious. No, when when they say that they're dropping those um, that arrive can because of civil disobedience, what, what kind of muckery is going on there? Well, that's the people saying, no, I'm not doing it. That's the people that came into Canada and said, I'm not doing the arrive can. I'm not doing the testing. I'm not going to go under house arrest. I'm not giving you my personal information. So they would um, they admit defeat. Uh, they admit defeat, and, and and you know there could have been a case somewhere, there could have been a, a, a lawsuit somewhere, or like we don't know, right? We don't we don't know all of the ins and outs. It seems like there's a lot of shuffling around happening. You know, obviously the death of the queen. Now, by the way, somebody submitted their court document, and they wrote back and said, "You have to change it to king." That's just being an asshole as far as I'm, I can swear, right? It's okay if I swear? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah, you swear away. Okay. <laughs> um, but it, but there's like, there's just been this change, like, and it's not just Canada. It's like, it seems like it, it something has shifted somewhere and uh, you know, oh, and Judy Trin, I'm going to, I'm uh, Judy Trin's a racist. I'm sorry, but I've never heard anyone talk about white people so much and talking about the color of our skin and talking about who we are as white people. That is the very definition of racist. And just because she's Asian doesn't mean that she can't be a racist. So I'm sticking by that. I've, I've heard her nonsense. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, anyway, Judy Trin, who now works for the CTV, she got a promotion at the CTV. Um, she did an article and this was, it was supposed to be, you know, scaring the people as far as I'm concerned with, you know, people who are liberal minded are now, right-wing extremists because we want freedom and so she was you know painting this picture of oh, the Can canadians should be scared because us extremists want to have our freedom and uh uh but what she stated in there was there was an ekos poll um the pollsters determined that um 25 of canadians are opposed to this jibby jabber 25 well critical mass is 20 percent Mm. And that's right. And, and, and that's only who they polled and their polls are conservative. They're typically people who are, when I say conservative, I should say really liberal because it feels like those terms have shifted. Yeah. Um, and 10% are opposed to the current government, which again, that's a conservative number. So I'm going to say, I believe we have reached critical mass on a conscious level 
that we are no longer under the spell, under the hypnosis of these satanic individuals who are trying to control the world. And I think that's part of it. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I'm getting shivers. I'm feeling happy over here. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, I go through my moments like, so uh, we, we put out the post on Sunday night for the, um, the, the incident report. And then things just like shot up, uh, like just, um, and I was, and I've been feeling, I said to my husband, I'm like, I feel nervous. Like, what did I do? You know, like, what, what did we do? What did we unleash? Uh, but you know what? The feedback has been so incredibly positive. I mean, you know, there's the odd troll here and they're laughing at us, but I'm like, that's all you're going to do is laugh at me. Please. I've been laughed at by better. Like <laughs> you are not going to hurt my feelings. So the response has been extremely positive. And I'm seeing too, like, again, David Wells, the Senator saying, no, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Glenn Mott's, Larry Brock, um, who is the other guy? Derek, Dane, Dane Lloyd. I mean, there's Candace Bergen. I'm not sure how I feel about Candace Bergen and who she really is. But there has been a shift in the house too. And you know why? I believe there's been this big shift because everybody who is contacting the MPs and the senators is giving them a voice too. Because, it, listen, we have, absolutely have corruption. There's a, there's a difference between being corrupt and compromised. And our government is not compromised. It is infiltrated. It is corrupt. And we know who they are. Um, but it is not compromised. And I believe that everybody who sent in the, by the way, Bill S223, it's dead. It's dead. Which They're was what for those who don't know? That was for the universal basic income. Oh, because, amazing. Yes, amazing. Well, I didn't been, hear. That's right. It's been, here's, here's how it works, right? It goes through the House and then it goes through the Senate and then it becomes, it goes through royal assent. It's been sitting in the Senate since last year. Typically when that happens, it's done. Yeah. So there's been no movement on it. And I, I want also to state that last year they were um, instructed to approve that bill or to pass that bill through before the summer session ended. And, and we're back in session and nothing crickets. It's just sitting there. So um, that's interesting. I'm just looking at what Annie Disha says. Animals acting bizarre for days. Cats going crazy for a week. <laughs> mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. definitely something going on there's definitely some kind of energy shift for sure yeah i'll just jump in it's slightly unrelated but not entirely that you know within the ranks of our so-called leadership there is and i've seen this actually you know just intuitively seen this that we have competing factions and uh, so it's not just like one behemoth globalist that is you know, moving forward and all in agreement. It's like, no, they they have competing agendas. And and here's the thing. Now, the writing is on the wall. It's been on the wall for us. They are willing to look. But now it's it's on the wall for much more normal people like your, like your stats reflect in terms of the 25% that uh, are not for poison injections. And uh, so I heard yesterday that the bank of, um, of uh, I don't know, the, 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 the um, Bank of England it, uh, opposed the government in in their uh, recent moves, and so you can see how this actually could work so much in our favor. While they while they are fighting it out, we can get on with creating life for ourselves. 
Yeah. And you know, that's, I think too, I think that, um, I think there's an understanding too of personal liability because an, a new piece of case law that came our way, R versus El Dorado uh, nuclear and R versus, this is one case law, R versus nuclear, um, El Dorado nuclear, R versus uh, uranium limited um, versus, I think it was Canada. And it was 1983, and this is much like Ronsarelli versus Duplessis, 1959, talking about personal liability. When you're acting in excess of law, you're personally liable. This is even one step further to say that um, when that someone is a crown of the agent and they are acting um, outside of statute or they're basically they're abusing a statute, i.e. the Emergencies Act, where they didn't go through governor and council, um, and um, where there was, by the way, <laughs> we, there was no border closure that was done, that was due to the protesters the day they declared the emergency. It was the police that blocked it. So the day that they called the emergency, there was, there was not a single border closure. And they could have handled Ottawa through uh, Section 63, bracket one of the criminal code. So that, that abuse of the Emergencies Act, where they're not... They're, they're using a statute, but they're not following the statute. In this case law states that the agent of the crown no longer has immunity. So this is a big one. So we've got these two big case, case laws, plus we have the English Bill of Rights where somebody who's acting in legal authority to create or to change laws, that that is illegal. And that of course is in the incident report that we submitted. Um, so. It's very, it's, I also have been doing some digging around and see that Mr. Pierre Elliott Trudeau may have also committed treason. Um, and it's, it's sounding very similar to what's happening right now. I just discovered it like an hour ago. So I need Pierre to, Elliott. Pierre Elliott, you got okay. it. Um, okay. Yes. And I'm actually looking to see if I can find Patrick Walsh, RCM former. Our CMP investigator Patrick Walsh to see if this man is still alive, because Patrick Walsh was an investigator, and he was he was he was looking for communist activities. So this guy had. I'm doing some digging. I'm doing some digging because I think it's. I think there's a, a, an opportunity to see a repeat behavior, a repeat pattern with the RCMP, and to hold them accountable. Um, so, anyway, there's definitely. There's, there's stuff, there's stuff happening. There's stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah. Things are, yeah. Things are shifting and changing. And uh, yeah, if you, you know, you're always troubleshooting problems and you're never in that position of creating solutions and, and uh, you know, whether that's in the food system or the education system or in the legal system, then you're going to feel like we're losing and, and they'll be able to keep their illusions alive in that way. But, uh, you know, with a positive moving forward, uh, we're unstoppable. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like the big thing has been the courts. The big thing has been the courts. And, and this because that's where the power is, because the government can do things right. But if they're doing things that are um, not within, like in excess of uh, authority, then you take them to court and you hold them accountable in the courts. And if the courts were compromised, again, there's corruption. I'm not going to deny that. If no, we're not on YouTube anymore. We got removed. Yeah. Yeah. Darn it. <laughs> are there other links? Yeah, we're on Rumble now, but I still, 
I, you know what? I tried to upload a video yesterday and I couldn't. I tried three times. I couldn't. So I'm going to start putting stuff up on Jane's YouTube because I don't, um, I'm not sure what's going on. But um, we're seeing, like, there was the one guy, like, the way that the, the Crown and the prosecutors have been behaving, it's almost like, who's, whose side are you guys on? Are you, are you guys jumping ship and coming to our side? And I think... I think a lot of that is that it's just excess now, right? Like in the first, in the beginning, it was like, just take that first jab. Just come on. Just, okay. I'll do it for the team. I'll do it. And then it was like, Oh, I can't travel with, I can't even go to a restaurant without this. Oh my gosh. And, and here's an example of how it kind of snowballs and, or how people wake up is we, we have a friend, he worked. He he works for one of the car manufacturing companies here in Canada, and of course they they mandated the, and uh, so he did it. He's like, "What's the big deal? I'll do it." Because he, you know, they 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 were believing what they were being told, and then she was like, "I'm not doing it. I don't want it. I'm not going to take it." Cool, you know. And I love how it never interfered with their relationship. Once it came down to the fact that they could no longer enjoy their lives together, that's when he said, mm -mm, you don't get to do this to her and you don't get to do that to me and you don't get to do that to us. And he said, listen, how stupid this is. He's like, I sleep with her every night. I kiss her before I leave the door in the morning. I perhaps kiss her before I get out of the car to go into a restaurant, but I can go in and she can't but we're attached. Like it doesn't make any sense. So it's this kind of like, I, I kind of, it's like do more, do more. So you, people can see, because now it's like, how many boosters are we at? Five? Is it? And now, I don't even know. I mean, I don't even, I've, I've lost count. And then, you know, it's always going to need one every six months. And then, I mean, there's, I was looking at one of the doctors who's like, he's, <laughs> He's got to listen to this. He has a human rights complaint. And I'm like, buddy, you don't understand how the human rights code works because masking's not in it, just FYI. He, apparently, he's filed a human rights complaint over the, the mask being lifted on flights. Um, yeah, well, wrong law. You could have used something else, but you're using the wrong law. But hey, go have at her. So I went to look at his Twitter, and there are people who are like, this is just wrong. This is, they're going to kill people. And like, we're the only country in the world that's doing it. So do you see everyone else dying? So it's like people are very sheltered. And I, I, I realized in my mind, I think one of the reasons with shutting down the borders is because by doing so, we can't see. Many Canadians are still not traveling. Well, they, as of October 1st, that may change. But they're not going to the States. They're not going anywhere. They're not. What they don't realize is that once you cross that border, it's a whole new world. And it's been like that for a long time. Since yeah. my husband and I have been traveling down to Mexico since October. And when we came here in October, we were like, what the hell is this? We're living up in Canada like that? And they're living down here like this? And yeah. that's like, I mean, I'm not sure how long we've known each other now. But I mean, I've never been, I've never bought into this crap. But when I came here... And we went. We were here for New Year's, and we went out onto Fifth Avenue, and it was sardines. And I and I was like, and you guys at home are told to stay home and not see your loved ones. Yet I come here, and it's like sardines. And so it's 
it's that control, right? It's, it's, it's the abuser mm-hmm. and you, where they cut you off. So you don't know what's going on and you don't talk to your friends. You can't think together. You know, it's that nonsense. And mm-hmm. so these people who are probably just watching, you know, CNN and CBC and the, the, the mainstream narrative are, are literally believing that this is going to harm people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, then wear your mask. If a mask works, then wear yours. Mm-hmm. Mine should be of no concern to you because yours works. And if yours doesn't work, then mine doesn't work and none of them work. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no ability to critical, you know, for critical thinking anymore. It's mm-hmm. just so fear driven. And the thing is between, you know, here's the population, right? And uh, originally it was like the people who are not afraid were here. And now it's like, we're, we're, the fear is lifting because we see it's, it's nonsense. And that's mm-hmm. what it's all about is fear-based. And when you let go of fear. You got it. I have to yeah. jump in here because this is totally my subject. And really, you know, having studied over the last couple of years, what what is going on for them that they can't think their way through it? And it's it's not because they're stupid, because there's a whole bunch of actually really smart, accomplished people that, you know, read books and stuff like that. But what they've done is created a split in consciousness, right? So they they come after you. And even if you're not willing to look at the fact that you are being attacked, that we're in a kind of World War III here, then your whole unconscious is going to register exactly what you said, the fear. But because fear is so painful, and we've never been trained to deal with it, which we should all in kindergarten get get the training, or by the time you're 10 years old, you should be able to work through your fears. Yeah. And you have to suppress it. So for one, you're using a great deal of your life energy in that act of suppression. Yes. You're given this like golden ticket to go and project onto, you know, people who like freedom and rights and all of that kind of things. You can, you can demonize them. And then you've got this, the two parts of yourself, they've gone different directions. They don't talk to each other anymore and you don't have your faculties. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I'm actually going to be doing a workshop. I'm, I'm looking for the perfect person or people to do a workshop in critical thinking, because sometimes, you know, we can also I mean, I'll speak for myself. I can be lazy because I just see the truth and I'm like, OK, I'm just out of here. But if you can have a discussion and, and, and work through some of the logic with somebody that is is open and, and willing, I think it's of great value. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just had to jump in about that. But the, fear is the killer. And that's why we all have to master our own inner experiences. Yes. And, 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 and also, um, uh, if you look at, uh, I think Disney is the perfect example. Disney is trauma. It's, it's traumatizing children. Yes. I, I'm sorry, but Bambi Thank is you. not, that is not a good, I <laughs> cannot, like, I'm just like, how can parents allow their children to watch Disney? It is creating childhood trauma. The par- a parent is killed within the first five minutes of these cartoons. Or, I mean, Sleeping Beauty. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of things. Like, it's never good. It's always, you know, this, this, it, this, I mean, the good and evil. Of course, the good wins. But, I mean, how many people do you know grew up with a Wicked Witch and, the, like, you know, looking in the mirror, you know, going after Snow White? Like, these are, <laughs> these are things that are not reality. And it's not, and also the sexualization the 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 the, the um, um, what is the word I'm looking for like the the class class classism all of these things like Disney is just is not good um, mm-hmm. and then thank you, you for know, saying that absolutely trauma based mind control because you're that's exactly what it is right, they go to lizard mm-hmm. brain 
They go to yes. lizard brain. Yes, yep. exactly, exactly. Yep. And they're they're coupling it. Another another element of the trauma-based mind control, they couple it with pretty pictures and pretty music, and not to mention the scary music. And then they and they marry these two parts of yourself that, you know, if you get drawn in by the, the images and the sounds. And then you're, you're being horrified because a, a child uh, is always going to imagine their own abandonment. I mean, I grew up with a huge abandonment fear. Oh, my I'm gosh. I'm sure it was due to. Right? Oh, yes. Yes. I my, Big time. Big time. Big mm-hmm. time. I, my husband and I, <laughs> we, we've been together for 14 years. And um, the first time that we spent a single night apart, because we, we, we were just attached. We, we're always attached at the hip. And then now mm-hmm. this past year, you know that my husband's been was in Mexico for eight months and I was in Canada like going back and forth. So I spent right. a lot of time by myself, mainly because for the past five years or seven years, whatever it's been, he's worked nights and I've worked days. But there was a there was a time when so I had a I had a lot of abandonment when I was younger. So I, I had a lot of fear over those things as well. And then when my husband would go away, I would just go through all of the different scenarios of how he was gonna die. Just going to work. He's gonna die. And all of these irrational thoughts. And, you know, uh, uh, Ho'oponopono was what saved me. Ho'oponopono was what allowed me to work through my fears, uh, my anxieties, uh, my trauma. And it's just been a lifesaver for me. Um, but that's exactly what this is. And then people become, uh, again, they're, they're, it's, they're, they're moving into the, um, you know, sub-level of the brain where they're no, no longer able to rationally think. And they're not conscious of it. They're no longer conscious of where they're at, um, and it's perpetuated. It's 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 um it's rewarded actually. So, mm-hmm. and it's it's hard. Some, yeah, it's hard sometimes um, when it's happening to people that you know, and you're just there's nothing you can do. They have to figure that out on their own. And thankfully, a lot of them are. And it's and it it's it's because of all the people for the past two years who've been standing up and saying, "I'm not playing this game. I'm going to be me." I will be the wolf. I will get dumped on. I will be attacked. I will be harassed. I will be mocked. I will be belittled. That doesn't matter because I'm not going to, I have to sit in my truth and be who I am. And that's what is most important in all of this right now is to be who you are. And the people that people that want that and want you will find you. And that's, it's like, it's like we're uniting where we are uniting on a global scale, on a conscious scale to, to come together to defeat this. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very beautiful. I love that. And you use that word wolf. It's it's true. That's exactly the kind of energy. It's a, it is a kind of predator energy and God made it for a good reason, for exactly yeah. this reason, because predators don't stop unless you stop them. That's right. That's right. And there's nothing wrong with having that anxiety. There's nothing wrong with, with having that fear. It can be a driver. The difference is not holding on to it and recognizing that fear is a thought process, not an emotion. So that when con- that comes into your mind, process it. Don't ignore it. Don't push it away. You process it so that you can let it go. That's the difference, right? Like we've, it's like, just don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Well, that's not going to help. <laughs> it's still going to be there. You're, you're just going to be fighting. Like I used to go to bed at night and fight my anxiety. Like, just don't think about it. Just don't think about it. Just don't think about it. Well, clearly I'm not going to get a good night's sleep. It's like, oh, there it is again. Stop thinking. Oh, there it is again. Oh, stop thinking. You know, it's just. Exactly. And what you resist persists. (laughs) So you're actually making it stronger by pushing that down into your unconscious. And uh, yeah, yeah. 
you must actually feel that fear and see that it has no power over you because we could say this and you could understand it and agree with us. But until you go through your worst fears, whether that's circumstantially, right? I, I faced a lot of the things that I was afraid of. I was afraid yeah. of cancer. I was afraid of dying. I was afraid of yeah. you know, being caught in the medical system yeah. trap and all of that kind of thing. And I had to live through it in order to see that it actually holds nothing on me. Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, I had open heart surgery in 2019 and I had to make the decision to do that. And I sat in fear for quite some time. Um, and then after I did it, I was like, Rebecca, you should have done that like five years ago because now I'm Rebecca 2.0. And, and now, and, and yeah, and, and, and I tell my husband a lot, I'm just like, if I hadn't had my surgery when I did, would I even get it now? Because this is the other problem that they're not talking about is what's going on in the medical community. No one's talking about the surgeries that were canceled. Nobody's talking about the diagnosis that were missed. Nobody's talking about these things. Nobody's talking about the cut. The amount of staff that has been reduced due to the measures is incredible. And so you've got, you already, I mean, what they did was they cut back in the staff in 2018 so that everything was understaffed so that when it did start in 2020, the it, then it created the illusion of overwhelming the, the, the hospitals and the healthcare centers. But really it, it was, it wasn't a great influx. Yet it had that illusion because we've been, we've been hallway hospitaling for 20 years that I know of, that I can right. think of, right? So this is nothing new. But then it was exacerbated by the fact that they laid, you know, they cut back on whatever the, that number was, 20%, whatever that budget cut was. Um, and now it, it, it's, it's being perpetuated. I'm hearing that uh, in, because remember, these guys were all mandated. Uh, first line, first line responders like ambulance, fire truck, fire, fire people, uh, police officers, they were all mandated. So that means most of them that are out there already have that thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, somebody was talking about in one of the, one of the, um, fire halls, there's been a, a, a significant number of people who can no longer work because of it and deaths. Um, so that's going to be a reality too, because they mandated it in all of these facilities. Um, and it, and it, it, it stirs a lot of questions as to what the solution is going to be. And will this be there? The, the, is this the, is this going to be the catalyst to bring in the migrant workers that we know that they have planned to bring oh. into the country? Right. Which they've been doing high speed anyway. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like it's insane. It's turning us all into, um, yeah racists really because I, you know everywhere i go in public i don't feel like i'm in canada anymore I, it's, yeah I, it's not I, that i've I, really noticed that too yeah. in the past two years well they brought in four hundred thousand people um and i think was it 2020 or 2021 the highest number ever and and here we were locked down yet they were just coming on in and it's not it's and and this is the thing that people have to understand this isn't People migrate, the people that they want to migrate to Canada are people where they've destroyed their countries. And this is all deliberate. They, and this is, this is part of the bigger plan. And, and unfortunately, what's happening, and this is a big problem in Europe, and this is not me making this up. And I want to preface it that the people that are migrating are victims too, mm -hmm. because they would rather just be in their country. But totally. what has happened is that it is, uh, in, it's folks from, um, 
marginalized communities, impoverished communities, war-stricken communities who are migrating en masse, going to predominantly uh, Christian white communities because that's what Europe is. Um, and that's not to say that Europeans are racist. It's just geography and, and um, migration and all of these other things. And when you go to, you know, if you go to Eastern Europe, it's white people and they look, you know, there's a specific look for Polish people and, you know, uh, um, Slovakian or whatever, you know, there's, that's, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's happening is they're opening the floodgates, just like the Americans are at the Mexican border and going, go on in without knowing who these people are and nor caring. And what I find found very interesting living in Toronto was seeing newcomers on the street begging for money. Why would you bring in newcomers? And again, I'm not blaming the newcomers at all. How does that even make any sense to remove them from their community, bring them into Toronto or wherever, and not ensure that they have the resources to sustain themselves and then allow them to be on the streets to beg for money? How is that helping them? And how is that helping our country? It's not at all, especially when they cut off our trade, they cut off, uh, you know, or substantially cut off our trade. Um, They've caused all kinds of logistic problems. There's just, uh, we could go on. And, you know, one of the things that that we should all remember for, for, you know, the last two years and through our lives is that it's self-preservation first. And I think a lot of us know that. And that's why when people attack us, we just go piss off because I'm taking care of me. And if you want to follow me or be part of what I'm doing or join me, that's great. But I am not going to allow myself to be hurt physically or emotionally because you can't handle the truth. And so uh, that's how we need to keep our country safe too, self-preservation. We have people in this country who cannot afford to feed themselves, who are suffering from addiction, suffering from the overdoses, mental health, all of these things completely being ignored, completely being dismissed. We have healthcare workers that can fill that gap. And I'm going to call out Pierre Pelletier suggesting that we bring in, what was it, 25,000 migrant workers to take the role of the people that already live in this country, are already established in this country, have paid their dues, have gone to school. That is unacceptable. This is not about me not loving people of all races because that is not what this is about. It's about taking care of what we have here at home first and then we can take care of others. Because if we're all healthy and happy, then when people do come here, we can make sure that they're healthy and happy too. And that is not at all what's happening. Yeah, very well said, Rebecca. Yeah, I'm glad we talked about that. That's awesome. It's difficult to talk about it. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, am I going to be judged as a racist? But it has to be said. And Mm -hmm. I know who I am. And if people want to judge me for making those statements, they're not listening to my words. That's so, that's how I I feel about it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've been off on that limb as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what about jumping over on into uh, some court process? And I know this might be a little bit beginner, but you guys have spent a ton of time helping people go unrepresented yeah. in course in, in yeah. court. Bring me. <clears throat> and uh, I want to make sure since I titled the, the video after this <laughs> and and then we'll get into the, the TFT campaign as well. I, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more details about that. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been helping people. So every second Monday of the month, we do self-representation Zooms. We have a self-representation information um, um, 
on our wall. Like we have a section, Self-Representation 101. And what we're doing in, in those uh, information sessions and on our site, because I'm going to step back a little bit. I said this the other day and someone laughed about it. I've, I never even had a speeding ticket. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not familiar with court proceedings. I don't know what to do with court proceedings. Well, I do now. And it's intimidating, right? Mm -hmm. like, and, and so one thing that we teach people is to remember they're just people with a job. They're nobody special. They're people that have a job. And you have a job when you go in the courtroom, which is to, to defend yourself. And so we teach people kind of, okay, here's how it works. This is, these are the steps. This is the difference between criminal court and provincial court. Um, how to behave in the court. Like, actually, the other day I, I had court, I had a trial, and I was drinking a tea, and I guess you could see the tea bag out of my mug. And she said, oh, you can't drink tea in here. And my face was like, then get me back in the courtroom where I belong rather than doing it by Zoom because this is my house. And you don't get to tell me what I do in my house. I didn't say that. I bit my tongue because I was gonna I was gonna come after her for many other things, which I did, and I did get an adjournment. But if you want me to do what you want to do in the courtroom, then open your courts and get us in the courtroom, which is where we should be. Um, and 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 that's the reason, unreal. Yeah, is, and I like, found it. Like, there's exactly, actually a rule. It, yes, yeah. if you're in a courtroom. Yeah. And if that if they say that to me again, I'm I may be inclined to say, well, then open the courts and get us in there because that's where we belong, not on Zoom. And here's why this is this is why it's important to have open courts. So I was in there for quarantine. I had a summons for the for 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 not complying. And one of the witnesses, so when you go to court, you are you have a right to face your accuser. So if your accuser doesn't show up in the courtroom, guess what? Well, I guess there's no witness. Either it's going to get adjourned until they can get in there or you request to have your, your charges dropped because there's no witness. So this guy, because it's on Zoom, he called in through the phone. So I actually said, I object. <laughs> I can't see who this person is. Right. How do I know who this is? And they were like, oh, well, there's case law that will accept people over the phone. Oh, but I can't be over the phone. How? So anyway, that became a, a problem. Um, that was addressed. However, the, the JP said she would allow it and she cited case law and I was like, can you tell me the case law, please? No, I can't. I said, I'm like, yeah, you're making it up. I don't believe her. But anyway, she could be. But that's an example of why we need to be in the courtroom. First of all, to make it an open courtroom so that people can be in there and hear what's going on. And secondly, how is that acceptable? First of all, to tell me what to do in my house, like, no. And also to have people coming on who are key witnesses. This is my accuser, and I can't see who he is. I can't verify who he is. So that's a problem. Um, but basically what we're doing is we're teaching people the 101. So starting with, okay, you get a ticket. What do you do with it? Well, you submit it for trial. Um, you know, don't do the rescind thing. We've had many people come back to us, and uh, they were convicted ex parte because they did rescind. Ex parte means, well, may not have even been ex parte. They were convicted because they didn't fight it. They didn't dispute it um, because the courts don't recognize when you do rescind or no contract, the courts don't recognize what that is. So they don't know what you want. If the court is being generous, they'll write back to you and say, what are you doing here? And if they're not being generous, they'll just convict you. 
And that has happened uh, a few times with individuals. Um, so we teach Just people- Just to repeat. Okay, so there, there was a, a very big movement in, in the law world in these last couple of years. Oh, you get a ticket, it's meaningless. You don't have to pay it. Just write rescind on it no. and use a few different color pens. No. And it seems like a magic <laughs> bullet. And yeah. It's, yeah, but but no. not working. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Uh, and they I, come out, yeah. yeah. Even people who, who appeared to win, they, they come retroactively and say, oh, you, you still want a license? I guess you don't get exactly. that until you pay. Exactly. And now think about these quarantine tickets. $5,000. Actually, it's $62.50. And then they're going to add interest on top of that. So when you go and renew your license, oh, what the hell is this? Or they'll take you to court if you don't have, a, if they can't go after your license, then they'll take you to, to small claims, I would imagine. So you submit your ticket for trial, you get your, your disclosure. And this is the big thing that is so important. And I've known the importance of disclosure, but to see it actually in like, in, in and how it comes to life when you get your disclosure that's the evidence that the prosecutor or the crown has against you and remember you're presumed innocent until proven guilty you're not guilty because you were charged so you need to see what evidence the crown or the crown is criminal prosecutor is is provincial matters has against you and so that you can you can look at that and say oh no this isn't right and then you show your evidence to say okay i was accused of this Here's a bad example. Um, and, you know, let's just say you were wrongly accused of doing something um, and uh, you actually weren't, they got the wrong person, the wrong mistaken identity, just to make it super easy. Then you can, you can go into, so they give you a, a summons to come to court because you, I don't know, you broke into a business. They think it's you and it wasn't you and you were at work. Then you go to the court and you, so you get your disclosure. You go, what the hell? This wasn't even me. And then you go to court and you go, well, here's your evidence. I was at, I was at work and here's my evidence. So it's, it's a way for you to um, prevent, present your defense, but you have to know what your defense is going to be. So it's very, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, Janice. Oh, hi, Janice. <laughs> hi. Yes, absolutely. Body cam should be included. Surveillance video should be included. So if, if say, say you were at a restaurant and uh, they, they asked you, like, you were in a business and they asked you to leave and you stood your ground and said, no, I'm not going to from the RCMP website. Well, look at that, Janice. Amazing. Yes. Stinchcomb. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so um, it's very important because uh, I'll give you another example of how I got my charges dropped for POA was on my ticket. It said that I, I had um, failure to comply with the section 70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.70.
under the quarantine act. Well, there's like, I don't know how many, a hundred of them. Well, which one did I do? So I did all of them or did I do one? But this is a bit tricky because it states in the quarantine act that it's any or like any uh, limitation. So, but then we got a guy that got two tickets for section 58. So if he got two tickets for section 58, then that means that there's two sections of, the, of 58 that they're choosing or else he couldn't have gotten two tickets for the same thing. So these are, these are some things in, these are some questions in law, right? Um, and then, okay, you get your disclosure and then what's next? Well, you go for your first appearance, then you go for your pretrial, then you go for your trial. And we just break all of that down and help people understand what is a first appearance? That's where you state your plea. What's a pretrial? That's where you set down the, the framework for the trial. And then we all know what the trial is. So we're, we're really going through all of these. And it is high level because obviously there's a lot more to it than that. But these are the basics that you need to mm -hmm. understand. And then we, we guide people one-on-one. -on -one. As I mentioned, we do these Zooms because we want people to be set up for success to do self-representation because the system is designed for us to use lawyers and what we have seen consistently, and I'm not saying all lawyers, what we have seen consistently in, 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 in the cases where people have had lawyers, all the lawyers are offering up are deals. None of us are guilty. We are not guilty for, for refusing to disclose our personal information. We are not guilty for refusing to uh, put something in our body that we don't want. We are not guilty for participating in a house arrest. We are not guilty for any of these things. They're guilty. So why in the world would anybody admit any type of guilt and pay any amount of a fine, even if it's a penny? It doesn't matter. That's an admission of guilt. And so what we aim to do is to educate people, inform people, give them the information as, as in the case law and the legislation that they need to set them up for success because, and I'll say it again, I'll say it a million times, I'm selfish, Jane is selfish, because every time somebody wins in the court, then I win in the court and we all win. So this is why it's so important that we go into the courts and we win. Because then what we're seeing right now, what happened is, they drop those mandates. They drop the travel mandates because people are go going in there and literally kicking their asses, mm -hmm. kicking their asses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I was curious what's going to happen. That's that's all fantastic. I was curious. Uh, you know, I've got so many friends who have nine thousand dollar tickets for en entering without a Rive can, and so like, what about them? So they're dropping they're dropping the restrictions, and what are they going to say about you know? It's like all the people in jail over cannabis right now, and there's a cannabis store on every honestly, corner. Honestly, these people should be released. They should be exonerated. They should get. They should. Everyone should be pardoned. It's. It. I, I think it's disgusting. And and I, let's also talk about Bill Blair for a second, who used to be the chief of police in Toronto and incarcerated a lot of those people. By the way. He's, he, has a, he started a cannabis, um, something to do with cannabis. And you know what he said? Oh, I've been educated. Oh, you couldn't educate yourself when you were incarcerating people, most likely for a bonus. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I digress a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that's what we, we've been doing. And Dave Freedom, as I, I was mentioning, he's our motion guy. So if somebody has a motion, he's, he's the guy, he's the one that helps us out and puts it together. And then it kind of goes through Dave 
Dave crafts it, Jane does it, and then I'm the final proofreader. <laughs> and uh, we all work really well together. And Janice is here as well. Janice has been finding so many good nuggets of like pieces of case law and, and just digging into legislation and finding some really cool stuff. So Janice has been a great addition uh, to stand for these. So thank you, Janice. That's awesome. Yes, thank you, Janice. Uh, Imitatio Day said, Jane Scarf said to Sue. Yes, yeah, so that comes from, thank you for, for, for seeing that because I mm -hmm. thought and I, my hamster wheel was running too fast and I forgot. So, uh, so the $5,000 per rights violation is typically what the courts will award. So that's coming from uh, case law, essentially. Okay, and that's in small claims, correct? Yeah, that's small yeah. claims. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, the appropriate act to cite, any any thoughts on that or that, does it really depend on? Uh, no, it's not, an, and there's no act to cite. It's based mm -hmm. on it's based on, on previous rulings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's you... no like, there's no schedule for that. Right, and how would you respond to Nick is free that all their acts and mandates only apply to persons? <clears throat> we're, we're, I just uh, am always happy to dispel myths that come up in the law world. Well, that's that's not true, um, as we see. Uh, people go to jail. People get tickets. People get fines, and they have to pay them. Um, there's certainly an under there's this, there's a notion of persons being different from people, and actually. Um, I'm not sure if it was Janice or Jane or where it came from, but there's case law that defines persons and we are persons. So I, I, this, this idea of the, the listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say Canada is not a corporation because as far as I'm aware, it is a corporation, but that doesn't change anything. And when we, I, this is, this is, this is common. What Nick is talking about, I, I believe is common law, but not, the common law that we actually operate under in Canada, but this notion of maritime law that's not based on anything concrete that we can that we found. And and I also want to say say that I I was going to the Christopher James meetings and I was uh, you know under this understanding or belief of com you know maritime admiralty law and maritime law. And then I now believe that it's actually detrimental to go down that path because when you go down that path, um, then what you're doing is you're, you're, you're throwing away the legal framework that we have to protect us, which is actually quite strong. We just are learning to apply it because we've never had to do this before as, as Canadians. We have never, uh, well, we don't use lawyers. There's the beauty in all of this, Disciple. Mm -hmm. we, people go in the courts and they represent themselves. And this is... Uh, and so when you go in there and you represent yourself, this is, this is what's really been disrupting the system. It's, and this has been my analogy. My husband and I played on a pool team for many years, billiards. And um, sometimes when you're, you're, you're um, if you play with somebody who's on the same level as you, it's kind of like a dance, right? You know where the ball's going to go. You can tell what shot they're going to make. You know what they're doing because you know how to, like, you know how to do it too. So you, so you guys can kind of like, have this thing it's like boxing too if you're boxing someone who's on level with you then you you get into a rhythm right mm -hmm. like language as well if you're learning yes. a new language and, yes. and it's, yeah yes when you when you are playing pool and you're playing with somebody who doesn't who doesn't know what they're doing 
not that it, it makes the game more challenging because you're like, oh my God, what are they doing now? There goes the ball down there and like, oh, they just flinged it off the table, whatever, right? <laughs> That'd be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I think what happens is, excuse me, <clears throat> when we go into the courts, and by the way, I read, I forget where I read it. This was a couple of months ago. It was um, kind of a description about um, people doing self-representation. And it may have been from case law. And it was implying that people who are self-represented typically don't know the law and they don't know what to do. And now we're going in there and we know more than they do and we're getting them. So for example, there was a, a woman in Manitoba, she has quarantine ticket and, and then Manitoba is really challenged. They don't understand the Canadian Bill of Rights is not part of the constitution. And so they keep trying to push people into these constitu constitutional challenges in Manitoba. As soon as they mention the bill, they go, oh, okay, let's just shut this shit down. You're, we'll, we'll give you some time to get that application in. And then the people are like, okay, I'll get that application in. And they call us. We're like, no, no, that's a constitutional challenge. No, no, no. Like, forget it. And so um, they, that she had sent in a request, a motion to dismiss. Actually, it was an informal request through email because she didn't have time to do a proper motion. And the prosecutor wrote back, I call it bullshit baffle, baffles brains, which was like, he, you know, here's all this, like, here's the Contraventions Act. Yeah, cool. Know about it. Understand it. Great. And two provinces and the territories didn't sign on. So that's, uh, sex, that's a violation of Section 1B of the Canadian Bill of Rights. Equal treatment of the law, protection of the law. That's not happening across Canada. So thanks for flagging that. Thanks, thanks for letting us know you're aware of that. Then they included the, the, the quarantine act. Yep, cool, section 14, section 58, got it, great. And then he included, and then, oh, she was asking for additional disclosure. She was asking for full disclosure, she didn't have it. And then he also included um, saying that, well, under the Manitoba Provincial Offenses Act, they don't necessarily have to give you all of the disclosure if, if there's an understanding that you have enough disclosure uh, or evidence that it's sufficient, which I think is ridiculous. And uh, so he threw that in her face. And I was like, well, he didn't look down to point number four, did he? Because point number four says that you can ask the judge or you can ask in the courtroom to get the disclosure if it's relevant. And, and, it, and it was relevant because they didn't want to include the public health officer in her disclosure. And I was like, this is crucial because that public health officer, or sorry, the, the border services agent, because the border services agent is the one that's supposed to go to PHAC. So what was said with the, the border services agent that person's important. So then she went into the courtroom and she said, yeah, you know what? Section 63 bracket one, four says this. And the JP agreed with her. The meeting was adjourned and she's giving the opportunity to uh, subpoena the border service agent. So there's a good example of them thinking that they're going to throw something in our face and we're not going to know. And as a matter of fact, she, if he was smart, if he hadn't have said that, she wouldn't have known. She wouldn't have, well, we, we wouldn't have investigated and so he could have gotten away with it, but he couldn't help it. He had to, oh, I'm smarter than you or whatever his little ego did. And so by doing so, I was like, this is great. <laughs> this is awesome. And this is an example of where the, the JPs and the prosecutors and the Crown and the, and the, and the judges are undermining our intelligence and, and people are consistently rising above it, going in there and saying, uh-uh, what about this?
like Stinchcomb application, which Janice message, uh, mentioned in the chat. Mm -hmm. When you don't have, when you don't have your full disclosure, you can do a Stinchcomb application and that Stinchcomb application can get your charges dropped because you have every right to a full disclosure so you can prepare a full defense. And if you're not getting it, well, there was a court case ruling, uh, I think it was 1991, it was a lawyer who um, was being charged with fraud, didn't get his disclosure, and the Supreme Court of Canada ruled unanimously that, yeah, you need to get disclosure. So. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. And this is on our website, by the way. Right. How many people got tickets in these last couple of years where you literally oh. didn't even know what you were being charged with? I've yep. got a, a colleague in the court system right now over that. And uh, she's actually made a lot of headway with the duty to accommodate. I, I haven't heard you guys talk about that at all, but under the Christian faith. And she's got her way into uh, an actual court up in the Northwest Territories where they're still ho holding a regular court. And everybody's masked, but she is not masked. Uh, the judge is having respect for her. The judge is helping her, uh, saying things like, you know, you can call witnesses, right? And yes. he's like, wink, wink, yes. nudge, nudge. Yes. And that's actually yeah. what a judge, that's what the court should do when you're self-represented. Mm -hmm. They should be helping you not, not with your case, but procedural. Exactly. And they should be telling you, uh, you know, these, 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 these nuggets. And, um, and uh, um, uh, there's a guy, Mitchell. Mitchell in New Brunswick was removed and charged, arrested for not wearing a mask in the court. Many of his friends were arrested and actually jailed for several days. These are not arrestable. A, a provincial offenses, um, it, it, like the emergencies um, violations, I mean, there may some, I think actually New Brunswick may have actually made them arrestable. But anyway, um, so he, get this. He's suing the judge, the JP. And, oh, no, judge. It was criminal. And guess what? He's got mm. a date. He's got a mm. date. Mm. He has Amazing. a date set. Oh, yes. Good. So oh, that good. meant that the, the attorney general said, okay, we'll allow it. So, again, if we were in a – if we were dealing with a compromised judicial system, these wouldn't be happening. Right. These would not right. be happening. Right. Define compromise for us. I know it sounds obvious, but what would that look like? Compromise would be where, um, so, you know, corrupt is where you have a few people that are problematic, um, mm -hmm. who are, who are not uh, following the rules and compromise would be, you're not going to win because everybody there is working for the other side. Mm -hmm. Christy Freeland is compromised, right? She's WEF. Mm -hmm. A lot of the, a lot of the MPs are compromised. Pierre mm -hmm. is also part of the WEF. I mean, he may pretend that he's not, but his, his campaign co-chair is on the WF website, John Baird. So yeah, so it's those people are compromised because they're they're infiltrated, they're implants, and we're seeing that in you know the unions, school boards, uh, you know uh, the 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 hospital like the, the medical associations like the ONA and the PSO, uh, the uh, physicians of surgeons, uh, um, College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, the Ontario Nurses Association, and the, when they're compromised, that's when they're lost, they're captured, they're lost. Mm -hmm. And they're clearly not because we're mm -hmm. seeing wins. And oh, and also Janice had her charges stayed. She had her criminal charges stayed. She had sent in a request to have a variance in her bail conditions because she was she was um, banned from, I think, being within a kilometer of Parliament Hill. 
and she put forward a, a variance, variance to the Crown, and they wrote back and said, hey, Janice, the charges have been stayed. And stayed means uh, for, for up to 12 months, uh, they'll, they'll, they're gonna, they basically hold the charges for 12 months, and if there's no additional evidence that comes forward, it gets dropped after 12 months. Oh, and, great. and guess what? There's mm -hmm. no evidence because mm -hmm. Janice wasn't committing mischief. Right. Right. So, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I loved it. Just to backtrack to the uh, the days of the protests and the and the convoys and everything, how, how you guys were able to see, they tricked us into saying that, oh, we're not protesting. And then, oh, guess what? You're loitering. You're causing mischief. You're as soon as you're not a protester, right? That's right. Then why you, if you're not protesting, then why are you on the road? Why yeah. are you blocking the streets? Like what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So many psyops, so many rabbit holes. Amanda yeah. Vollmer called it uh rabbit hole addiction <laughs> right <laughs> right and yep. uh, yeah you can see how they deal with people just railroad them and and slap a meads versus meads and uh you know pseudo legal tracks that they're you're not even allowed in the court system if you if you spout off and uh you know yeah so mm -hmm. we're mm -hmm. over it <laughs> and and this is the thing though it's like you know here's an example with mitchell this judge thought he was going to get away with it and guess what and because mitchell's a smart guy he put in there that one of the, like for the restitution, that the judge can never reside over a, a COVID case again. Wow. Isn't that clever? Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. 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 So, so good. Yeah. That's we'll great. What happens with that? Yeah. Yeah. And just to repeat, you probably heard me say it before, but you know, Rebecca, we're on the same team. It's very easy to think, okay, we need to kill our government. We need to, you know, dismantle the police and, and, you know, pure anarchy. We don't need any rulers or infrastructure of society and all that kind of thing. And it's like, no, we just need to humble them and let them know well, that we we're not going to change. We need to change a few things. And the big thing is we need to stop appointing people and elect them. Right on. In the states, the judges, you know, we should be electing the judges, we should be electing the senators, we should be electing the ministers. They're all appointed, and that's a, that's a, that's a problem. Because uh, when you've got government-appointed uh, judges, it's very, how can they be impartial when that's their boss? Right. So, and and right. we see in the states that, um, that uh, um, oh, hi, Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> um, we see that in the states where they, where judges, um, Judges are, are elected. There's been the rulings have been completely different. Like the 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 jibby jabber um, federal mandate got dropped long ago, last year, because it went to the courts and the judge said, "No, we're not. This is not right. We're not doing this." I mean, you know, state to state is different. We there's a clear different difference between a red state and a blue state. That's obvious. Mm -hmm. um, but on the on the federal level, that's that's that was what was ruled. So we're seeing a, a lot of differences between what goes on in the states, and also the sheriffs. The sheriffs are are um, are voted too. So those are some easy easy things that we can let's just let's just say that you know we we hold Trudeau accountable, and he's he's actually a, um, charged with treason as he should be because the facts are there. It's in black and white. And uh, let's just say that, you know, we get an independent government because we don't need parties. That's the other thing that people don't understand. We don't need political parties. We can do this without them. And then let's just say that we have the opportunity to elect these officials, elect these people. Then we can, you know, clean up the big, the big mess, clean up the big mess first, 
And then we can start going in and cleaning up the other problems too. Because there was a lot of bad legislation passed through. And, and, and I'm talking about, again, where it's, it's, um, it's under the radar, like these budget implementation acts. The Budget Implementation Act uh, is, a, is in, in there in 2019. Our good buddy Bill Morneau, a liberal, um, put in uh, an amendment to the Quarantine Act that the minister can create uh, regulations without going through governor and council. Well, that's actually illegal under the English Bill of Rights, but that needs to go. So there's a, there's a cleanup crew that needs to go in and fix a lot of these problems. But, you know, the saying, don't throw away the baby with the bathwater. Because if we didn't have this system, uh, we, we, well, if people are parties, then there's no solution, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's no solution under that mindset. Mm -hmm. um, so if we, if we were to give, a, just throw our hands up and say, that's it, no more government. Well, you know, we're good people, right? But not everybody is good people and people do need to be governed. There's 34 million people in Canada. They need to be governed. We need systems in place or because we need to function. We need our roads. We do need hospitals. We do need a, We need these things. We need a systems approach, but it can be a whole lot better than what it is, mm -hmm. and and more accountability. And you know they always talk about uh, transparency, and that's not a real thing. But you know, and and this notion of us creating a new constitution. Well, when the when the when the when the country's divided in half. How feasible is that to say that 34 million people are going to come together on a constitution when mm -hmm. we still have whatever that number is? Well, let's go off Judy Trin's number where she's saying only 10% are not, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll use a gentler position, are not supporting the government. So that leaves 31 million people who are by those numbers. I'm not saying that that's necessarily fact. So would it really be feasible to say we're going to start a new constitution and if that was the case we would lose on that one and we already have excellent laws case law and legislation that protects us we just need to learn how to assert it and exercise it and that's really the the, the premise of what we're doing at Stanford e, is educating people on are the legal provisions that we have to protect us and teaching people how to assert them and then to exercise them in the courts. And, and that education also extends into the police and the government because they're, they're not above the law in any regards. And we need to change our mindset by believing that they are above the law because they're not. They, yeah. are, they have no authority over me they have no authority over you. They have no authority over us. And we need to switch that brain to, to, to understand that that's reality. And then that helps us to overcome this, this control state that we're in because part of it is in our minds. And people say, well, there's nothing we can do. You know what I say? Then just lie down and die. There's nothing we can do because that's what you're saying. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And uh, and just to cap the subject, that to spell it out, that if somebody, every so often it comes with the law groups. And for example, I host the Canadian Court Procedure Group, if anybody's interested to come and uh, Rebecca's in there, if you if you want to connect with her, although I don't want to speak for you on that respect. <laughs> and uh, and people are really, um, you know, it's a, say a newbie comes in and goes, oh, can anyone recommend a good lawyer? What would you say to them? What would be the reason not to do that? I would say this is this is the recommendation that we give people is first of all, get your disclosure, do some homework, 
if you don't feel comfortable, there's nothing wrong with getting a lawyer behind the scenes to guide you. Once that lawyer steps in the courtroom, they're mm -hmm. bound by the bar. They're limited as to what they can do. And you can't say anything. So if you're in a courtroom with your lawyer and your court, if the lawyer's doing something you don't want him to do, you can't even interrupt and be like, buddy, I didn't want you to say that. You'll get charged with contempt. So wow. when you, yes, when you are, when you have a, a, a lawyer in the courtroom, then you are giving all of your authority uh, to that lawyer in that courtroom. And I, I, I think that, I think that how we're, why we're being successful in the courtroom. And I also want to say this, I hear so many times people go, Oh, that judge should be, that judge should be arrested for, for his, you know, their biased ruling. And those judges are corrupt. It's like, well, no, you used the charter. You gave them an out or you used a bad defense and they got an out. But if you're using a good defense, because here's the thing, you may lose, so say you lose in provincial offenses court because you get a bad ruling. But if you have a good defense, then you challenge it in the superior court. Mm -hmm. And then you can challenge it all the way up to the Supreme Court. And if you have a good defense in the, in the, uh, at the foundational level, then that's, an, that's actually an opportunity. So it's not necessarily the JP that has the bad ruling or that, sorry, that is making a bad decision. It's, a, it's going in with not having the right defense, not having a solid defense. So it's, it's, it's literally, I, I really think of it as playing a, a game. It's, it's a negotiation in the courtroom. And it's who's going to negotiate better? Who's got the better? Is, it, is the evidence going to outweigh the defense? Or does the defense outweigh the evidence? Right. That's how it works. And so I can't stress it enough. If you go in there giving JP an out, because sometimes, listen, and Kimberly can tell you, she's, she knows, when you go in there and you're kicking their asses, do you think they're going to be nice to you or do you think they're going to get, they're going to turn into assholes? Mm -hmm. because they want, they want to intimidate you. They want you to feel stupid. They want you to recoil and say, okay. And people, what's, what's happening is it's, I think it's fueling people to go, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it is a, it's a, it is a negotiation game. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great advice. Just to repeat that um, you go ahead and get a lawyer to consult with absolutely, and educate you and teach you about things that you might take a lot longer to learn yourself. And we have seen lawyers giving really good advice behind the scenes mm -hmm. because it's, it's anonymous. People don't know. Right. Who's, and so there, there are, there are recommending the bill. They are giving them good case law because it is, it's also, it's a game for them too. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what the interference is with the bar, but there's definitely something to be said that the bar is hindering um, or impeding or whatever it is, their ability or desire to um, maybe use um, uncon an unconventional defense. Right, right. There you go. That's awesome to know. Yeah, they're not at risk. They're, they can't be seen. Like you said, the Bar Association can't come after them for any of their uh, actions because it's not yep. on the record. Yep. And uh, yeah, really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, well, would you like to jump over and talk about uh, TFT? I don't even want to say the words. <laughs> <Just> like, uh... <laughs> okay, how about the criminal acts against the Liberal government? Mm -hmm. That works. That Okay. That works. Yeah. I think we all know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, so we, we put together the incident report. Now it is, we, it, it is the RCMP incident report. It's an RCMP criminal incident report because that's exactly what it is. And actually it is the jurisdiction of the RCMP, regardless of what they've been telling people, because the jurisdiction of the RCMP, one of the jurisdictions is national security and national security covers, um, um, infiltration of the government, um, foreign interference. Um, and, uh, what do we have? We have Christian Freeland who wrote a biography on Soros. We know she's part of the WF. We have many of the MPs who, uh, were, uh, former, what were they young youth? What were they, what are they called in the, the youth, the global youth leaders, mm-hmm. some global youth leaders. Trudeau, I believe, was one of them as well. And so we have a large portion of the um, House, the federal uh, MPs who came from the learnings or the teachings of the World Economic Forum who are now sitting in the House. That is a matter of national security, 100%. That is their jurisdiction. That is their specialty. Not the Barry police, not the Halifax police, the RCMP. And we saw some terrible behavior from the RCMP. Young global leaders, thank you. Yeah. We saw some terrible behavior from the RCMP in Windsor. And, um, you know, the thing is, and I addressed this when we did a, we did a live at five, <laughs> um, to talk about it and to show this man's behavior. And uh, this guy um, uh, uh, shut the door on them. And, you know, and, and, and really it's like the conversation could have gone like this. Hey, guys, listen, I, I, know you're, you, I know that you have this incident report and I know that, you, you know, you want to you want to report a crime to us. Uh, uh, here, just want to let you know that this is the process. You do X, Y and Z, blah, blah, blah. Thank you very much, guys. OK, take care. And, and he still could have shut them down. But to, I'm going to call the police, shut the door and lock it. It's this inability to communicate. And if you can't communicate, don't answer the door because you shouldn't answer the door. This is a service role. We are taxpaying Canadians asking you with the evidence in hand to do something to investigate the, the, the liberal executive branch for a crime. And it's in, it's, it's in the transcripts from the Special Joint Committee on the Declaration of the Emergency. They did not follow the legislation. They did not have the grounds. We know that now. It's in the Special Joint Committee. It's in mainstream media. We know that now. Bell had to admit there were no guns, there were no arrests, and the arson was not related to the convoy in Ottawa. They had the law. Section 63, bracket one of the criminal code would have sufficed. They had legislation that they could have used. They also didn't go through governor and council, which is the entire federal cabinet. And they also made secret orders in council. Oh, and all of the border crossings were open at the time that it was declared. And it states in section 60, I think, bracket one, that... Um, in order for an emergency to be declared, there has to be an emergency in more than one province. Well, guess what? Three, only three out of 10 provinces asked for it. 
And two of those provinces did not have an emergency situation. One was Newfoundland. You guys didn't have a problem down there. Right. Um, and the other was BC. But that border was open. The CBSA closed it. The border services closed it themselves on February 13th at 8, uh, sorry, 14th at 8, 8 o'clock in the morning before the act was declared. They shut it down. Mm. So, there no, there go. was no emergency. So um, that could have been dealt with. Um, and, and then also in paragraph three of the Emergencies Act, it clearly states that our rights are not to be infringed um, even in a time of, of an emergency, and in there includes the Canadian Bill of Rights. So here we have it. And let's also remember, on the 14th, a court, a, an injunction came forward in Ottawa to, um, uh, to give police authority to... Um, 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 oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. To, that's okay. To enforce bylaw. Yet that same judge also noted that the protest was lawful. So the morning of the act being declared. So what's going on here? That is the T for T, the offense that we all know what it is, right there. Then we have affidavits of people showing that, they, that the roads were clear showing that the borders have been cleared it's there it's there and so we have to keep pushing this this is not a joke this is a very serious matter because if they get away with this now and we know what they've got planned we know the climate change and the food and all of these things that they have that they want to use as reasons to you know lock us down further and i'm not saying that they're going to happen i i, I want to preface that i I have very, my, my tolerance for it's coming again is very low. Mm -hmm. I'm only saying that we know that that's what they want to do. And they're going to be very challenged in doing that, by the way, because of what they, what, how they messed up with that emergencies act. They were not successful. And you want to know why? Because mm -hmm. the Senate was going, mm, uh, no guys, this is not legit. Like we're not, I'm not buying this. They, mm -hmm. they, they're literally like, I'm not feeling this shit, is what they mm -hmm. were saying, which mm -hmm. is why they revoked it. And let's remember, there was not a vote in the House for the act. There was a, a vote for a motion to declare the act, right. not one in the same. Right. And Mainstream media just ran with it that, that we're in a state of emergency, right? And so yeah. everybody believed that and there yeah. had only been a motion. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that... Um, uh, well, mainstream media, you know, $600 million says a lot for mainstream media, doesn't it, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is that they didn't get away with it. They didn't. And despite what people think, if they did, well, uh, do you think the Quarantine Act would be dropping? No. Do you think that we'd be seeing wins in the court? No. As a matter of fact, they would have those centers built and ready to go. And Jane had a brilliant idea for those quarantine centers that they've commissioned. They can put the criminals in it. Yeah. Right? There's exactly. The they won't go to waste. All that work yeah. for nothing. Exactly. All our money for nothing. It's our yeah. Canadian Gitmo. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And and so forgive my ignorance, but the on, on the crime of treason, like what exactly, you know, how can you pinpoint that 
what, what was it's that undermining, line? Yeah. And in this case, it is undermining the democratic process. Okay. It's undermining the government. Okay. So it's and going so that against makes us, his own government. That's right. And that makes us lawless. And so if you're lawless, well, that's treason. You've just, and, and, and that is the whole premise of it. And there's also a section in there for all of those MPs up there who, who are playing along. Well, they're guilty by association. And I, it's under section 46, where if you are, um, you are, are aware of it and you're not stopping it, you become part of it. Right. So they need to understand that too. And again, you know, there's a lot of these folks standing up, like David Wells, the senator, who's like, this was wrong. Larry Brock, who's like, hey, you answer these questions. Uh, Glenn Mott, uh, Dane Lloyd, you know, those those guys have been doing a lot of work and, and asking a lot of tough questions. So, um, you know, I, 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 I get a little feisty sometimes, and I, and I, and I, I think that they, they certainly could have done more for the past two years, but I also don't know what they did or didn't do because... I didn't know who these guys were because, again, when you're watching the house on the old television, you're only seeing what they want you to see. And it's the same characters. It's Candace Bergen. It's Pierre. It's Trudeau. It's Freeland. You know, it's a handful of them. It's mm -hmm. not all of them. And it's not an accurate reflection of the hours that they're sitting in the house debating. You need to go in the hand starts to see that. Right. And yeah. And so... What we're doing right now with this criminal um, incident report is we're asking everybody, all Canadians, to get involved. Send it to your MP, send it to your senator, send it to um, the police, the RCMP, the OPP. Get it out there. And, and people are doing a great job of doing that. And that's what we have to keep on doing. Because, again, we're the ants in the anthill. And we, we, they need to see how many of us don't want this. And that's what's going to get them them running. There you go. Amazing. And I'm just going to show a shot of your website on this. It's very uh, uh, blatant. And have you guys been targeted in any? I don't even want to say that word, but uh, you got people coming after you. Is this edgy? I got, I got, well, I mean, we've got some groups. We've got some groups. But here's something interesting. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hashtag wanted. <laughs> Great picture. Perfect. Yeah, isn't it? Stunned. Isn't it? Yeah. Is he yeah. under trauma-based mind control? Is that what's going on with that guy? Well, I don't even, I, I, I mean something, right? I mean, something. listen, mm -hmm. folks like Trudeau didn't, they don't have a chance in life, right? They're born into this. Exactly. They're groomed for this. And, you know, if you, there's that, that interview of, I think he's like, you know, he's 18 years old. He's a young guy saying, oh, I don't want to be in politics. I want to be a teacher. And he was all fresh-eyed and, you know, um, bushy-tailed. And then, oh, no, you can't do that. You're going to do this, you know. And we know that he's been involved with some really serious crimes. We know that. And so we don't know how he got there. We don't know what he's done. But we do know what his daddy has done. And, you know, here we are. Yeah. And does that factor in the um, the possibility that his daddy also was uh, doing the same kind of thing? Like that? Do you think that would Absolutely. factor? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, his father was a communist. He went to visit Mao. He went to visit Stalin. He ran for the Communist Party twice. He was kicked out of the military for insubordination. 
And then he was actually charged for um, interfering with activities, military activities. Um, and he, he um, wrote the charter. What more is there to say? The charter is a communist document. It's 100% it's, it's designed to bring in communism because mm -hmm. it states in the Chartopedia on the government website, your rights have limits. Mm -hmm. No, my rights don't have limits and my rights don't come from the government. My rights come from the God. That's what, Hoser, we don't even look, look at the charter. We don't, yeah. do, we don't even touch the charter. Mm -hmm. The charter Major is style. toilet paper that should be burned. It was never even ratified. Mm -hmm. it's why they had to market the crap out of that thing right? 100 it's all and i knew actually yeah and actually um uh who's your daddy you're right in that it only applies to government and that was validated in the case of sheila in alberta who was denied she was removed from the transplant list because she won't take the jibber jabber and uh, it was the jccf representing her don't even get me started on the jccf and the jccf used the charter and the the ruling was that they that the um Doctors could not be held accountable because they're not government. So you're correct on that section 32 of the charter. But we do not use the charter. We use the Bill of Rights, which is an act in recognition of our rights and freedoms under the supremacy of God and is acknowledging our rights have always existed, whereas the charter, the government is giving us our rights. And I don't want that corrupt government giving me my rights. Imagine mm -hmm. the WF people giving us our rights. <laughs> you mm -hmm. have the right to nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's it. That's why I want a godless society, right? Because otherwise, you, ha yeah. you literally have no authority, you have no foundation for right. coming up against them. And that's, that's right. what they're most scared of. That's why they've tried to kill God for a lot. Oh, years my gosh. They, yes, they sure have mocking. You know, you go back, I, I think a lot about the 80s. And that was a big catalyst time. First of all, that's when they brought in malls and killed small businesses and destroyed downtowns, downtown communities. It's when they brought in the big box retailers and the big corporation, corporate entities. They started the globalism, um, um, you know, fast food, all of those things. And then uh, uh, indoctrinating children to go into post-secondary school instead of going into trades. I, I was in school when it happened. Um, and then um, um, what was the other thing I was just going to say? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. There was another thing I was just going to mention about the 80s. Oh, right. Movies. Go watch 80s movies, Destruction of the Family Unit, mocking parents, belittling parents, elevating the, the you know, teenagers to be smarter than their parents and yeah. more empowered than their parents to, to remove, you know, to, to uh, change the dynamics of the family. You started having like a lot of horror movies and, and again, trauma, right? When you're, when you're a young person going into watching these horror films, that is, that's also trauma. A lot of dem demonic music, even Led Zeppelin. I'm sorry, but you can play Stairway to Heaven backwards. And like, it's not once or twice it says Satan. It's like six or seven times. Don't tell me. And, and also Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven was recorded in Aleister Crowley's cottage. So, I mean, enough said, right? Um, and, and, I, and I used to mock these things. And, and also the mocking of religion, mocking, you know, pastors and in and, and the movies and belittling them and mocking Christians. There is, you know, love is the strongest sword and God is love. God's our creator. And if you are going to defeat Satan, you better have God in your heart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, they were trying to take out all the strong elements, including men, right? Like the portrayal yes. of men oh, as yes. boobs. And that was just endless. And I was completely victim to the first one that you talked about in terms of uh, overpowering parents. Boy, was I the queen of that. Oh, my gosh. 
I, yeah. I just, I smashed them. I slammed them. I, I'm, I control, I controlled them because I could uh, do very outrageous things and uh, they could, you know, short of, and I, they did call the police on me and they, I did spend a night in jail and I did, you know, all of that kind of thing. I write about it in my book, by the way. And it was no, yeah. you know, I mean, it was cruelty to them. I know I tortured them and uh, set up really bad karma for myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, that's, but that was, that was the whole point of that era, right? Was, and it was, I like, I think a lot about it. And also it, it was like the power woman and the power shift and, you know, uh, the, you know, the yuppies. And it was all about having the nice cars and looking good. It was the, the vanity, the vanity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to go back to who's your daddy. We don't use the charter and you can only invoke the charter. You can't just use the charter. It has to be invoked. And I get what you're trying to say here, but disregard that you're getting caught up on something that isn't really helpful because mm -hmm. you can't just use the charter. It has to be invoked. And what it's saying is the charter itself is only applicable to government, not individuals. But we have lots of other case law and we have lots of legislation that is much tighter than that charter. The charter was never ratified. It was only signed by the queen to bring it into uh, royal assent, but that never happened. And yes, Picker Pickerton brothers. Oh yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a whole other conversation, but yes. Research just, there is just talking about that. Okay, I'll go to that in a second, but I just was curious, I haven't even asked this question yet. Who, who are the authors of the uh, 1960 Bill of Rights? That was uh, that was John G. Diefenbaker. Ah, yeah, he actually wrote it. I think in the 30s, and he was very concerned about communism. Um, and uh, so he he actually started a. This guy was pretty cool. He 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 created a lot of social programs that we have now, and he also um, uh, was the one who passed legislation so that Native folks could vote at the time. They could either vote. Or they, or they could remain status. If they voted, they had to give up their status. How disgusting is that? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, they saw it coming. They knew what was going to happen to us. Why? Because history repeats. <laughs> the writing's you know, all right. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually, I really, I need to find some time to do some more research on the Bill of Rights because here's the thing. And we keep going back and forth because when you read it, and legislation is one of those things that you can read something 1,500 times, but then when a different application comes along and you read it again, you go, aha, there's this, right? It just depends on where you're applying it. And um, when, you, when you look at the Bill of Rights, um, it states in there that every, every law in Canada shall, unless it is expressly um, uh, declared in, a, in an act of parliament, we're really... Where does it say that it's only for federal matters? Because that statement doesn't actually doesn't actually say that. That statement is is saying that every act, every law in Canada, unless it's expressly declared under an act of Parliament, to you know, to be, be uh, to fall under the, the bill. But is it saying that only acts of Parliament, or is it saying that only Parliament can override it? And so I want to do some digging and look at, I'd like to actually find, I don't think that they're online, but the hand starts for the debates around the bill to see what they were saying, to understand how it's actually applied. Because I, I, there's a big part of me that thinks that it's actually 
all laws, all laws. And I also used it twice in my provincial offenses. And I did not have to, um, I did not have to uh, um, tie it to, prevent, to the provincial matter. So typically we use section 25 or the fact that the JP is federally regulated or that the police are federally regulated and therefore they fall under the Canadian Bill of Rights and cannot override our rights. But I didn't do that. And I had, I had two of my charges dropped using section 2C1 of the Bill of Rights. That was my only defense. Mm -hmm. so, That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, we're starting to come up on the second hour. I've got about 10 minutes myself left. I'm not yeah. sure what your time is like, but well, is there anything perfect. else? Yeah. Okay. Is there any other subjects you'd like to talk about or go into more detail about how people can um, jump on the, the uh, T for T campaign? Yeah, I would say again, the biggest thing is, you know what, go to our website, educate and inform yourself. Oh, actually, I'm just going to talk super quick. And I feel like it's a bigger conversation. But there's a second piece to all of this where they've actually committed treason again, as far as I'm concerned, the um, Public Order Emergency Commission, uh, the Public Order Emergency Commission was created out of Section 63 bracket one of the Emergencies Act. It's a requirement once the act has been invoked. I suggest that you go to the website. If you scroll down a little bit, Beth, we have a link to it um, in the points here. There's a link. Uh, yeah. Point number oh, three. Point number three. If you click on special joint committee, uh, sorry, not special joint committee. Uh, read more on this here. Just above the special joint committee. Yep. In here, we're talking about this this special, sorry, this Public Order Emergency Commission. Did it work? I'll pull it up. I had to oh, okay. uh, yeah. no, no problem. Okay. Um, it, the, in this Public Order Emergency Commission, Bill Blair is heading it up. Bill Blair is one of the ministers that committed treason. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm saying too much now. And, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, uh, it's also being, it's being uh, the commissioner assigned to it is a man named Paul Rouleau. And Paul Rouleau is an old liberal guy. He's been a staffer or had been a staffer for many years. So there's a big conflict of interest. They did not go through the governor and council. It was on the recommendation of Trudeau. The links are in the bottom. And basically they have hand selected the people who will be testifying. And surprise, surprise, Tom Marazzo, Tamara Litch. Um, who else is on there? I forget now, but... Uh, uh, a Windsor police officer, but not the protesters of Windsor. Uh, okay. All right. And yeah, very interesting. And we have the gag order, which is what we're coming up to right now. Anyone who testify has to sign this confidentiality agreement. And in it, they can never discuss anything that is used in this commission ever again. That means that if you're going to court and you've got to talk about things that are in this commission, guess what? They might have to close your courtroom. So it's a big issue. It's mm -hmm. a big problem. And then if you scroll down a little bit more, you'll see the um, you'll see the uh, um, um, order in council, and the order in council is it was was uh, rec on the recommendation of Trudeau instead of going to the federal cabinet. So there's a lot of problems here, and the whole point should be to um, um, look at the grounds uh, that were used to um, implement the act but they've stretched it way beyond this. And now we actually, we met with them. We got invited to a meeting with this group 
and it turned sour very quickly. We recorded it because we didn't sign any, we didn't just sign a confidentiality agreement. So the recording is on our site. You can hear it. We actually did a live with James Bowder on it. It's all there. So they're trying to bury the truth that came out in the special, uh, the special joint committee on the declaration and we busted them. We busted them and we're, we're not, not sitting down quietly. We got a little game plan that we got cooked up. That's going to nip this in the bud. But Fantastic. I, can't, I can't say anything. It's a that's secret. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. All right. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a, you know, all yeah. I can say to folks is, you know, it's, it's time to, to stand up and say something and do something. And mm -hmm. I'm going to say again, cause I keep watching in the chat and these people that think that getting a long form birth certificate is going to solve any problems. Well, Christopher James has been teaching this for how many years and here we are. And I really hope that folks can understand that that's disempowering themselves. And what they need to do is work within the very solid framework that we have to stand up for our rights and say no. And here's why. And all mm -hmm. you'll find a lot of information on our website. And again, anyone that has uh, charges and they need support, every second Monday of the month, we host the self-representation Zoom. And we do help people on an individual basis because, again, we want to make sure that people are set up for success. Mm -hmm. Like you said at the beginning, because it benefits absolutely everybody when that happens. So yeah, yeah. you know, I've seen Rebecca and you guys be incredibly generous with your time. And, uh, you know, I, I'm always like, somebody's asking me for help. They always ask me for help. I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> and then Rebecca, are you? Yeah. And, and you always take the strays that are, yeah, uh, that are needing help. So yeah, yeah, really absolutely. beautiful. Well, congratulations on all the wins that you've been part of and Thank all the people you. that you've helped. Yeah, yeah. Thank the, you for having me, Beth. Always a pleasure. Mm, yeah, definitely. You're always welcome. If you have any developments you want to share or campaigns you want to get out there. By the way, how many people do you estimate are involved in the T4T campaign? I don't even know, to be honest. Okay. I don't even know. Okay. I'll I want to tell you, though, the post that we put out on Sunday night has reached 160,000 views. Whoa. Yeah. Just a couple. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I can't even, I can't, and like, yeah, yeah, we're just, yeah, yeah. Okay, fantastic. A lot. Really good, a lot. really good. Yeah, heart, all heartwarming, all beautiful. Yes, thank you. That's awesome. And uh, and just to emphasize what um, Rebecca just said about the long form, I have my long form too. And I, I did too, register. by the way. Right, I right. <laughs> you know, we, we all did what, oh, this is some magic bullet and go and do this, do that. <clears throat> That's all fine. Here we are. Just swap, and here we are. Let's look at reality. Look at track records. You can follow someone. <clears throat> maybe they have you know, a great talk and they, and they really are highly motivating and you always feel pumped up after you hear them, but look at their track record. First of all, do they have an origin? Can you, do they have any history or are they a pop-up that are, you yeah. know, maybe a grifter looking for a way to take advantage of the situation or outright controlled op or right. There's all kinds of hidden yeah. agendas. So look yeah. into it before just following somebody. And, and unfortunately all that stuff can make sense. And it's all very like, Oh yeah, it's all the behind the scenes things going on. Here's how they're tricking us and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> like you said, we are not a compromised country. They want us to believe we are so that we just there's, lay down and corruption. die. There's corruption, but the, we're not lost. Not at all. Right. Right. And actually Janice reminded me that the next meeting is actually, it's actually this coming Monday because Thanksgiving is the following Monday. So this ah. coming Monday, the third, is when we're doing our self-representation Zoom. And you can join our newsletter at stanfordy.ca. Link is at the top, and you can get the, the Zoom link that way. Okay, perfect. And they host uh, Friday 
evening meetings Friday as well. Zoom, every Friday at eight. And we're going to have yeah. lots of updates on what went down this week and some folks on who were serving. Uh, Effie is, I think Effie is on here. Yes. Hi, Effie. And uh, Effie is one of them who was in the, with the Windsor group that served. Um, and I, I assume that Steve and uh, Rich, uh, the two gentlemen that, uh, that uh, have been very, very involved along with Effie, the Windsor group is fantastic. Those guys do a lot of work up there. So they're a really good group of folks. Yeah. Fantastic. That's really yeah. good. And if you're not familiar with the House of Free Will yet, you might be interested in, I'm, to tell you the truth, I'm not promoting this because it's not something I'm wanting to get, uh, you know, super huge. But for those who feel the call, there is a law guild inside the House of Free Will where we've been doing workshops and hosting uh, a few uh, very useful tidbits on how to read tickets and, and on uh, uh, the first steps in contract law to understanding that and doing bar grievances with Brett Fountain and Big Sip did a workshop. It was supposed to be court uh, procedure role play, but we didn't have any people that were in court cases. So we just uh, oh, gave gosh. a lot of gravy, just gave oh. a lot of gravy. And now my secret- that Yes, my that I, that I can see actually being a, a regular thing because people need to practice. Yeah, right. Yeah, before you go in and, and uh, do all the wrong things, you can make your mistakes in front of uh, peers and, and, you, and have get to, you have to learn to get yelled at because they do that. They're like, ah. ah, you can't do that. And you go, to, okay, okay, calm down. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And yeah. uh, and so my secret agenda is that I would like to now uh, find, and, and this is coming from my law guys, because they're on the front lines and they're 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 fighting cases, and mm -hmm. they can barely even get out to a workshop. But I had somebody approach me the other day, like, please, could we have one on how to read legislation? Because, like you yeah, said, the fiftieth yeah, yeah. time you read it from a different application of something, you're gonna you're seeing something different, and uh, boy, we need some uh, cooperation in understanding what that is. So yeah, mm -hmm. with any luck, maybe that's you and Jane or, or you or I, Jane. Yeah, and I think Janice would be great for that too. Okay, okay. Okay, all right. Well, we'll put a, a bug in Janice's ear through you then. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, so you can apply for at uh, freewillministry.live or, or find the application yeah, uh, on okay. a button there. Okay, and cool. uh, yeah, anyone else who wants to be part of it, all of the work that I do is in now in the in the private domain. So that's the, the law study groups. I call it, it's the law guild. I also have a coaching guild and oh, there's awesome. going to be some courses coming up in, in that as well. And we do fellowships. So, you know, this is the private domain is where you actually need to be related. It's not nameless and faceless and just click a, a button. There is an application with questions and, you know, we're, we're there to get to know each other and, and potentially have the um, the decentralized unification that we require the the communities to fall back on to hold each other's back mm -hmm. when things get up you know when we have people to vouch for us and cooperate on some basic life kind of stuff. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. It's been a total pleasure to host you, thank and you, uh, Beth. look forward to seeing you Friday. A little probably late. I'm a late comer to that one just because the way Fridays go. But you show up when you can. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks very much, okay. and God bless everyone. Thank Bye you, for you now. too. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. Thank you.